This is a Geekdo Podcast. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really scary. Those battles with Ganon can be pretty hairy. Dark, dank dungeons and death mountains, forest temples, and fairy fountains. These places can be very terrifying. Collect all the hearts or you'll be dying. Watch out for wall masters and redead. Spooky skull is hiding under your bed. Fire keys, stall foes, and big pose too. But with a beer, you can make it through. Today on the show, here is our mission, the music of Zelda Spooky Edition. One fucking time through. Let's I can't go. Believe <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> This is scary. Hello and welcome to Drink In and Spook Out. This is a show where we drink beer and listen to spooky soundtracks. This episode we're featuring Scarlet Lane's Katrina. I am Player One, the Duke. Along with Player Two, Saf. The track you're listening to is Death Mountain from The Legend of Zelda Original Edition. And it's over. Yeah, that song is quintessential legends of zelda right there for sure yeah so you have like that that the sound from the original nes so it's not a whole lot of like uh sound registers available to you with the i think it's what 16-bit sound on the nes it is they take advantage of everything that they can to put great music into that game and, and koji kondo is the master absolutely absolutely and uh in the past we've done like mario spooky music and luigi and bowser mm-hmm. but since it's the year of zelda we had to go the spooky zelda music to be fair luigi has a spooky mansion that's true so we kind of you know that's fine but yeah definitely year of zelda needed to do the spooky music and we're just happy that there are what 37 spooky tracks mm-hmm. uh, look at us go but before we jump into those 37 tracks, we do have a beer in front of us, if you are familiar with our show format. Uh, the beer in front of us is the Scarlet Lane Katrina. 6% ABV, but only 10 IBUs, so it's going to be a really smooth boy. Uh, number 10 is a spooky and scary title, 10 Cloverfield Lane. How fitting for the time, right? I just read that the... Uh, I just forgot her name, but the star of that movie didn't know she was making a Cloverfield movie when she <laughs> filmed it. Oh, yeah, right? Uh, no idea who that is. I can't think of her name, but she's pretty famous. Okay. Enter the dark season with Katrina Brown. A brown beer with hints of brown sugar, spices, and heavy malts. If I have to read brown one more time... <laughs> Perfect for the brisk nights of fall, Katrina will keep you company by the fire all night long and will be your guide to the winter seasons that soon approaching. Ichabod missed his chance, but you still have time to pursue Katrina. Um, On the bottle, we've got a spooky image here. It looks like a painting mm -hmm. of this uh, little girl or woman in a red dress. (laughs) 
I f- I thought for sure that she was the headless one, but she's uh, yeah. just looking down. She just I yeah, think. she's just kind of got her head looking down. Um, she's yeah. on a swing hanging from a spooky looking creepy tree, and I guess this looks like a cemetery as well. Yeah, uh, with uh, candles all over. The tree kind of looks like the uh, Sleepy Hollow tree. Um, from that movie, the Johnny Depp version, the one where he likes Ichabod sleeps in. That's probably because Katrina is from that Sleepy Hollow movie. What? Katrina Van Tassel, Tassel is Ichabod's love interest in the movie Sleepy Hollow. Look at that. Played by Christina Ricci, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the movie all the way through. Oh, we did. Me and Allison decided that we we're going to watch all the Tim Burton movies. That was good. That was a good, uh, good watch. I think I slept through some of it, but it was a good watch, if that means anything. Um, I think you read, is that what you read? The moon is always full in McCoursville, Indiana, where we like to be weird and strange while crafting our ales inspired by our, uh, inspired by her time in Oregon. Elise Lane specializes in beers with a well-rounded characteristic, full flavors, and uses only the finest ingredients. You can visit the brewery tap house or send us a Halloween card at 7724 and there's the address. You might get one in return. Cheers. Oh, that's cool. If you send oh, them a nice. Halloween, Halloween card, you can get their address on their website. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah, but we're, it's not us. It's not up to us to tell you the address. <laughs> we don't need to dox anybody. Even though they put it on the bottle. It's just, we're not doing it. But the can, I mean the bottle, sorry, not the can. The bottle, it, I'd love this. Like if you have yeah. an opportunity, make sure you Google this one if you can or untap it. That is an awesome label. Check us out on Instagram. We'll have a we'll post a picture over there. Definitely, drink and geek out, not yeah. OST. We'll get into that later. Yeah, the the bottle also says cinnamon, and all this has the spices with heavy malts, so it doesn't really specify cinnamon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're we're in for we're in for a treat. I looked it up on Untapped, and there's a uh, a coffee version as well, which would be good to try. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, this one, Color. you can definitely see the brown in this one. Yeah, it's it's pretty dark. Not, it, I've seen darker, obviously, but it's a pretty dark for a brown. Yeah, but you can literally tell it's brown. Like, it mm-hmm. just looks like brown. Like an Obi-Wan's robe brown, or maybe like a little bit darker than that, but still, like, brown. Yeah. Maybe Freddy's fedora brown. I think that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah. Not to be Halloween-ish, <laughs> but to be Halloween-ish, Freddy's fedora. And I don't think we've ever used that before. I think it's a fresh. Ooh, gosh, wow. Wowzers, smell this thing. Yeah, I smell the cinnamon for sure. That's the first thing I noticed. That is like all over like spicy. It's just super spicy. The bottle is also the same. I don't really get any differentiating flavors between the the mug and the bottle. Whereas normally I get like something extra when I drink or sniff from the bottle. Yeah. Definitely there really like isn't anything. Uh, difference. Autumn, fall. Yeah. Odor to it. Right. I'm expecting like spiced wine or something or like a spiced apple cider or something when I smell that flavor. It's like a, a candle flavor that <laughs> yes. grandma is going to have, you know, on her mantle or something. Oh, it's Halloween. Let me light this candle. It's like a, <laughs> like a pumpkin cinnamon spice. And this is similar to what that smells like. Minus the pumpkin, obviously. Like brown flavor. sugars instead, but brown sugar doesn't really come through. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping that's more of like a flavor thing because really this is just dominated by the cinnamon smell. All right, let's uh, see how it comes through on the flavor. Okay. I am eating a cinnamon candy right now. Yeah, I like that cinnamon flavor. 
Mm. It's like eating red hots. <laughs> Minus without, the, like burn. Yeah. Without the burn at the end, yeah. I don't know I don't know if I am a big fan of it. Yeah, the, the, really it just tastes like cinnamon water almost. Like mm-hmm. there nothing really else comes through besides that. Yeah, I could taste the the brown ale part kind of. But that's more of like back end mm-hmm. the like kind of aftertaste. Yeah. It's heavy cinnamon. But it's also sweet. Mm-hmm. Like cinnamon sugar. It's not like oh, I'm just drinking pure powdery cinnamon. But there's sweetness to it. Brown sugar. It's definitely a, it's definitely unique. I can't say I've ever had a beer that tasted like this. Right. It's overpowered. Um, maybe barrel ages and whiskey and it'll taste mm-hmm. like a fireball. I think that <laughs> adding that coffee would make oh, this uh, yeah. like a perfect beer. Yeah. A coffee or a chai. Oh, yeah. Can, a chai would be good too. If you can ru- you know, do some tea in there instead of coffee, that would be awesome. <laughs> um. But yeah, adding that, I think that extra flavor, you said the coffee, I'm thinking the tea. If we add an additional flavor that you can pull. Yeah, like maybe uh, a chocolatey, like a yeah. stout type flavor. Yeah, something. But for now, we, we're just tasting the cinnamon. But if you add that extra piece, I think it'd be fantastic. I can't wait to try the coffee one. <laughs> like, <laughs> that could be a five. I'll, yeah. have to, I'll have to see. But wowzers, this is this is good. I said I don't know if I like the flavor as as a, like a standalone cinnamon thing, but I do like cinnamon sugar stuff. It's growing on me as I yeah. drink it. The more you get used to it, it's really a shock to begin with. The yeah, unexpected uh, cinnamon bomb. As, as your palate gets accustomed to it, I think it is. It's pretty good. It still has like a little bit lacking in like we've said, but um, it's not horrible. Right. It, it's. I don't know why it's shocking. Because you smell it, mm-hmm. like when you take when you smell and before you even sip it, you're like, "Oh, that is a lot there." But you still drink it, and it's still shocking. You because mm-hmm. you expect it to be like a cinnamon mixed with some beer, but it's really yeah. just like just you get that big cinnamon burst. Yeah, absolutely. We'll say it's going to be taking me a minute to finish this one. I'll yeah, we'll be sipping on yeah. it for a while. Yeah, um, let's look at Untapped. There are one thousand eight hundred seventy-two ratings, which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. And there, it's an average 3.79. I got uh, four friends. I got a couple. I'll let you read yours. Here we've got Mr. Gone, Chris Leland, and he gave it a four and said, given this cut, try two. Very nice cinnamon flavor. Four out of five. Uh, the rest did not say anything, but I got... Phil Hyatt, he gave it a three and a half, and Mick Beer gave it a four. Okay. Uh, I have three additionals. None of them said anything. But Beer Man gave it a 350. Dustin Wood from Barrel Jack gave it 350. And James R. had, had it at BJ's Brewhouse, gave it a 425. Wow. James, I wish you would have wrote something. I know. I would have loved to know, like, what you thought, like... I guess compared to the BJ's offerings, it is a four and a quarter. Yeah. Uh, they've, he's had plenty of people, like, toast it. Nobody really said anything. I can't, like... There's no comments. I can't see if he, like... If he answered anybody, but there's nothing. That's unfortunate. What do the rest of the world think? I'm scrolling down. I, I went down a couple pages. Yeah. First class of grad school is over. You literally went and celebrated after one class. 
Paul S., very nice brown ale with cinnamon spice and brown sugar. Tasty and easy drinking. Four out of five. Ooh, Jennifer V. gave it a five. Wow. She said the best. Wish it wasn't seasonal. Yeah, she said the best. She put it with the. She like the best. Wish it wasn't seasonal. You know what, girl? I think I would enjoy this too. But not in the summer, I don't think. Yeah. I think it's good wintry fall beer. Yeah, fall wintry beer. Maybe a little bit of like lead into the spring. But I I feel like I want more springy, lighter stuff in that period of time. Emily H. Intensely cinnamon brown sugar. Three out of or three and a half. I don't know. The brown sugar is not something I would have noticed if it didn't say it on the bottle. All right, Joe, from the last episode, we read his during our uh, Castlevania episode when we had the Sammy Terry. Joe also had this one. I recognized the photo. Same part of the flight? Yes, uh, same flight. He did not rate it, though. Ugh. Unfortunate. I wish he would have rated it, but he did say something. Very sweet. And it tastes pretty heavy, even though it's only 6%. I'd reckon it'd be pretty good around a fire. <laughs> I agree, bud. What do you think of it? I want to know. What did you rate this? <laughs> uh, here's another five. Cat. Um, I've only seen... I don't know if it's coincidental. Oh, never mind. Here's an Evan. Here's a guy with a five. He also, I was going to say, is it only females? females. I love it. Yeah, but Evan also gave it a five. So that theory is... Out, out the door. The window. Oh, there you go. I uh, got Jason M. Definitely get the cinnamon flavor, but tasty. Hope this is around in the fall. Four out of five. And uh, yeah, it's the fall, Jason. Checked it in. It's September 1st. The fall hasn't started yet till uh, September 21st. <laughs> uh, doy. Just wait a few weeks and it'll be around in the fall. Uh-huh. I mean, we're drinking it right now. <laughs> October 22nd. It's almost around in the winter. Yeah. All right. Let's... I'm going to pull it up on my phone so I can check it in. All right. I checked it in at a three and a half. I said, this one is definitely unique. Loving the cinnamon, but there is just something missing. Perhaps chocolate or coffee or some other delicious flavor. But uh, yeah, I, I like I like the cinnamon aspect of it. I just There just needs to be just something to uh, go with it to make it really into the four range. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little bit, which is very uncharacteristic because we usually have the same. So it's good that we're having a variety right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I checked this in at a four. Damn. Yeah, um, I I guess when I first had the taste, it was I was kind of uh, rough with my estimation. <laughs> the more that I drink it, the better, the more that I'm getting used to it, the more that I'm enjoying the flavor. The, the aftertaste that I'm getting in my mouth, the tingling right now, is exactly the same aftertaste that I get if I eat like a handful of Red Hots, just not with that burn mm-hmm. at the end. I just have like the, my cheeks are a little uh, extra. Uh, big fan of it. Uh, so I said overpowered cinnamon. I mean, clearly that's, you know, the first thing that we said, and we're just going to continue to say it as we go on. I said I wish it had a secondary flavor. To balance it a little bit more, coffee or maybe a chai, it could easily be a five. I really honestly oh, think sure. that if we had those two flavors, you even said it, like they have a coffee one. But if there's chocolate, a vanilla maybe, a vanilla mm-hmm. cinnamon is actually pretty good, a chai, like this would it would be this would crush out of the park if they had those type of variants. I think um, the, the brown sugar might be 
their attempt to have that flavor, but brown sugar is not really a flavor, just right. a sweetener. Right. Keep the brown sugar mm-hmm. and then throw like a like chai in there or make it with coffee or you know, something like cardamom. Car- <laughs> something. No, I don't know. Uh, what else goes with cinnamon? Like throw that in there. <laughs> like pumpkin. Pumpkin. There you go. Pumpkin spice. Katrina Brown. What? I would buy the fuck mm-hmm. out of that. <laughs> it's definitely a good on its own, but yeah. I think it could just be amped up and be incredible. Yeah, and that's why I kind of went with a four because I'm good with drinking this one. I, and kind of reliving like what I saw in someone's post, like sitting around a fire and eating, drinking this thing. This that person reckoned. I feel like that would be like a really nice, like spicy beer. I might have to wait like a couple weeks to it cools down a little bit more. But like right now, if I'm looking at my, it's 49 degrees. So right, I mean that would be pretty good to set up a fire right now, and you know chill with this beer. So I don't know. I I still think the the potential is there, but is it still pretty good? There's a lot of flavor there, and they achieved what they were going for. Definitely convinced me. I upped my score to a three seventy five. I it's not quite a four for me, but I was wavering between a three and a half and a three seventy five, yeah. and I went on the lower end. But you kind of talked me into going on the higher end. Good, good. That's that's what, that's what I hope that we can do to people if they're <laughs> on the fence for trying these beers. That yeah, dude, our opinions may not matter to most, but if they can convince you to try something or enjoy something more, and you know, do it. I I think that with the variants that this could be out of the park, but it's still good as it is. Yeah, it's definitely great, but it could be incredible. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's go to uh, the next in the Legend of Zelda series. Actually, I skipped a game, but we're going to the Super Nintendo. Ooh. Uh, yeah, well, the other game's a piece of shit. It's fine. It could. It's it's fine. <laughs> I don't think it's a piece of shit. Um, this is Dank Dungeons from A Link to the Past. Let me have to turn it up. I love this song. And it gets brought back a lot in the series, actually. Right. Absolutely. Definitely, I like the, like, splashing sound that they throw in there, like, splash. Mm Mm-hmm. This is in the castle. Yes. Yeah. Like when you first go to see, like, what's the deal? When, yeah, you get the message that Zelda's missing or something mm-hmm. and she needs your help, and then you go and you walk past your uncle and he gives you this shield or whatever. Yeah. Then you gotta go along the side of the castle and, like, chop yeah. down bushes and fall into a hole. Yeah. That's all that song is, but it's high quality. Yeah, pretty much on repeat, but it's also, like,. Frightening because you don't know what's happening or what's going to happen. Also, from the link to the past, we have the Dungeon of Shadows. I feel like this one should be the Dungeon of Fog, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> if, I, if I remember correctly, the shadows are, are hard to uh, yeah. demonstrate in a video game, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but this one, it kind of makes you feel like, ah, oh, there's something around the corner. Yeah. Or if you're, if you're trying to rush and you're like, oh shit, I missed something over here. This higher pitch, like, mixed with yeah. the is very creepy. Yeah, it feels like there's a ghost in there. Mm-hmm. So you have like one set of ghosts that's just like, <laughs> and the other one's like, oh 
Oh shit, let's go! <laughs> um, that's all I have for a link to the past. I think it's already started looping, so let's go to a link's awakening. These should be very familiar because I literally just did Bottle Grotto. This is from the Game Boy version. I'm sure it's very similar to the Switch. I also have the Switch version, so we'll see. Um, the composers on the Game Boy are Menaka Homana, Kazuo Ishikawa, and Kazumi Tataka. I do plan on doing a Link's Awakening episode yeah. down the line to compare it to the Switch version, but yeah, I feel thinking. like it'll be around the time that we do the Link's Awakening version for the real big deal podcast. Part of our year of uh, mm-hmm. Zelda. Definitely intense here. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of something else, but I can't think of it. Right. Um, let's see the Switch version. Sounds similar so far. Yeah, it's the exact same right now. It's just higher quality. Mm-hmm. I like the kind of echo it has now. Right, yeah. Kind of shows that you are, in fact, inside like a like a cavern almost. Because mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, Bottle Grotto was inside the swamp. Yeah. Yeah. Very dramatic here. Yeah. I guess one thing that I didn't like about Link's Awakening right now, we can talk about this later, is the use of, like, Mario characters in there as, like, a replacement. And this, I just remember, like, this music, and I see, and, like, seeing the Shy Guys, I'm like, ugh. Uh, I, I like how they justified it that it's in Link's dream. So Mario yeah. characters are in his dream. They're, it's not, so they're not technically part of the universe. Right. <laughs> they're just part of his dream. Uh, but so far, it's basically the same, just better quality. Yeah, and that's how it, I'd like how they updated everything in that game. Mm-hmm. This is Key Cavern from Link's Awakening. So, uh, oh yeah, and this is on the Game Boy. I don't think I mentioned that. In the late eighties, very dramatic. Oh, I like that. That sounds like boss introduction. Yeah. Um. So let's see what the switch sounds like. Oh, even better. But like, like big. Yeah. Almost reminds me of Godzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I like how it does that deep thing, and then it's like, ting, ting. You have, like, the, the last keys on a keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Ting, 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 ting. This sounds like a music box or something. Mm-hmm. How horrifying. <laughs> Put all the sounds together. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's that's straight up creepy. Yeah, it really is. Alright, and then that's less from that game, because I've got a whole franchise to get through. Oh wait, nope, this is also... This is Eagle's Tower from Link's Awakening. Huh. I, thought I was I, like, are we skipping him? I thought I took him off of here, but I didn't. Tune's very basic. Yeah, it, it, go quickly through that one. It's like three keys. Kind of reminds me of the the haunted boo houses a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or like the um, the f- was it the Forbidden Forest or whatever before you get the Master Sword, mm-hmm. where you're just running through the fog and the, like this like all you hear is just like these simple notes before you even get to the where you pull the Master Sword. From our handheld Hyrule episode, or Hyrule in my hands. This is the Oracle of Ages music. Spirit's Grave. Obviously on Game Boy, so. Right, yeah. It's kind of a fun track. It kind of reminds me of like a like a haunted like circus house or something. Mm-hmm. Like one of those yeah. tents. It should sound more like a cemetery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that was uh, the composer on this is Hemikawa Ikira. The, the beginning of this is exactly a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it is. Uh, this is Castle of Despair. I don't think I said that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. <laughs> it's very living up to the name, really. Mm-hmm. It's this, this is, one's good. It's very good and horrifying at the same time. And it sounds different, like. It doesn't really sound like a Zelda song to me, right? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play Oracle of Ages, so I I, I can't place it. But All right, I looped again, so let's move on. Back to the genius of Koji Kondo. Yep, this is the Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time. A little bit of a slow build up there. It's one of the earlier temples in the game, so it's not super intense. Right. Kind of set but the it, set the theme. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the Shadow Temple, which is, I think, the scariest part of the game. Yeah, there's like weird chanting. It's like the voodoo-y one. Mm-hmm. There's like twisty hallways and stuff in this area. It sounds like a bongo. 
Yeah, the enemy might have the bomb going. But also, it's like those, um, like, sounds that make you kind of feel like you're on shrooms. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, yeah, everything's warping. Yeah. Which makes sense, because there is some of that, like, some of the parts of the level do that. Yeah, we're like, whoa, Kind of goes with the whole uh, voodoo theme with the type of, like, smokes and medicines and tinctures mm -hmm. that you can get, and plus the bongo, uh, very, you know, uh, Caribbean-style... <laughs> Very, uh, yeah, it's just unsettling. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it's um, a great underlining beat to it, mm -hmm. but there isn't really like a part of the song that's enjoyable. As like a song, yeah, all of it probably together in this level is like fantastic. Yeah, but it definitely fits the the theme of the, the that temple. Yeah, let's go on to Dodongo's Cavern. remember who Dodongo is. I think it's the, the fire area. Well, there isn't much going on. Yeah, it's just kind of setting the tone. There's not really music. Just a vibe of creepiness. Um, next up, we've got Inside Jubba Jubba's Belly. Yeah, Dodongo is a... An Infernal dinosaur, so That's, yeah, it is the yeah. fire area. So this is the Jibu or Jabu? Jibu Jibu's belly. He's like the big fish that you go inside. I like the kind of muted sound, especially since you're inside the belly, you shouldn't be able to hear what's going yeah. on the outside. And you hear like echoes and like creaking sounds. Yeah. You know, the croaking of this fish or this mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Remember, there's a lot of holes in this level where you can, like, drop through and, like, get lost, so think that fits the theme here. Um, next up, we're going on to Majora's Mask, and this is Majora's theme. Again, Koji Kondo, and this in Ocarina of Time were on the Nintendo 64 era, so that's the sound quality we're dealing with. Yeah. Bigger, bigger game cartridge. Mm -hmm. More storage, but a lot of it was taken up by the 3D graphics. And uh, Majora's Mask was one of the original games to use the like little expansion pack, whatever that you needed to plug into the system. So this one even had better quality music, I believe. Yeah. And Majora is the main villain in the game. He's kind of like a creepy skull kid with a mask, and he can like turn his head upside down and stuff. So. 
Nice. He's got a creepy theme to fit that. Absolutely. And then we have the Southern Swamp. Swamps are usually scary. Yeah. Foggy areas. Got crocodilies and... Swamp things. Swamp things. (laughs) I like this, like, string instrument type thing they're using. Yeah, like plucking or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can see myself in a game with this sound. Just kind of like exploring, trying to get through this place fast. I tend to do that when I'm in like forests or swamps. I try to get through it quickly. (laughs) I usually miss things. Uh, Let's go to, what is this? The mountain village. Similar to the Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Sounds windy. Mm hmm. Just makes me feel like Majora's Mask is a creepy ass game. It, it's these. the darkest of the Zelda series. It's because the, the moon is crashing into the, <laughs> yeah, the, the planet. Yeah. You're three days away from the end of the world. I like how they kept that kind of theme with uh, Breath of the Wild, where you have like a, a blood moon cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the next track, which is Ghost Attack. Ooh, ghosties. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I totally can see Ghosty here. Yeah. This could be like in a slasher movie almost. Oh, yeah. And then it like it has a weird pitch to it, so it makes it yeah. even creepier. The behind part, too, is just, like, raising anxiety. Okay. Or the... I was like, oh, man. It's been, like, 20 years since I played Majora's Mask, so I don't remember the ghost in that game. But Yeah, I don't either. I never played it. I watched somebody play it. And this person was awful at the end. <laughs> this is the Ekana Valley. Yep. Uh, it kind of brings that, like, chanty, yeah. almost sound back from, I think it was a Shadow Temple. Yeah. It almost just sounds like some guy's going, hmm, hmm, behind you. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a deep piano notes that kind of raise the stakes too. Boom, 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 boom. Absolutely, yeah. I could totally feel like what you mean by Majora's Mask is like the darkest. Like that was creepy. Yeah. I think that's pr- the game I have the most songs from. Oh no, it looks like a. Twilight Princess has a bunch too because there's like a, a dark world in that game. Ooh. But let's go to Wind Waker since that's next in the release calendar schedule. And the composers are Kenta Nagata, we've had on before. Uh, Hajime uh, Wake, Toro Maingishi, and Koji Kandu. So, uh, this is the Great Sea Cursed, or the Great Sea is Cursed. It is the Great Sea theme, but it's tonally different to make it a darker version of the main theme of the game. Which you just have to be familiar with the main theme. <laughs> um, if you're curious, the uh, Kenta Nagata, uh, he was in or had a nickname character in 1080 snowboarding nice and he was the sound director for super mario bros on the wii the new mario bros 2 mario kart 8 uh and then he did some works for pokemon stadium animal crossing and zelda wind waker yeah his name has come up a few times on this podcast yeah, especially the Mario Kart one, I believe. Yeah. He, he also has uh, some music in the Super Mario 64. He was probably on the spooky uh, Mario episode. Probably. This is Jaboon. This is frightening. <laughs> I like that singer. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they like using that. Yeah. Chanty stuff there's an interesting bass beat in the background bum 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 I think that is jubba jubba relative from the earlier song we listened to it's another big fish. Mm. <laughs> but, but it doesn't quite sound like the fish. Like the fish yeah. level, you were inside the fish, so it was like drowned out. Kali uh, demos second time. kind of sounds like battle music but it also is uh, it's kind of like the scarier tones right, like this yeah. it does have like I can see that the battle, battle mentality like the fight mm-hmm. and stuff yeah right, let's go I've got a song from the 3DS era Actually, 
Spirit Tracks might be on the regular DS, not 3DS. Uh, this is Fighting Cole and Maladas. The composers Toru Minagishi, Manaka Tamanaga, and Asuka Ota, which we, uh, Keith and I talked about on the hand, High Roll in My Hands episode. But this is uh, when the spooky spirits kind of take over. Yeah, she. Uh, I, we had her on as well in our earlier episodes as Hayazaki, because that's her married name. Mm, that's right. Yep. And she did songs for the Mario Kart Wii, Super Smash Brothers Brawl. Uh, she also did stuff um, in uh, other. She did Splatoon music. She did Super Smash Brothers, and so she's she's been around. I think the earliest work she did was Four Swords, and then she had uh, a little bit of assistant work in Animal Crossing. Oh, that makes sense. All the games she's worked on have ended up in the Smash Brothers franchise, so that's why she's worked on that game as well, to kind of convert these songs. Uh, this one's very intense. The scariest song in Spirit Tracks, by far, and the only song from Spirit Tracks that I have on this episode. So let's move on to the Twilight Princess section. Which is weird, because like you would think that Spirit Tracks would have... Because it's spirit tracks, it would be more spooky. Whatever. I think there might have been. That was the only one I didn't already play on the other oh. episode. <laughs> if you want to hear more, make sure you check out the high rule in my hand. This one's called Scared. So, I would be scared if I heard this. Yeah. Uh, the composers for Twilight Princess are two of the previous one that we mentioned: Toru, Mingishi, and Asuka Otoa. Sorry, Minaka, you didn't make the cut. <laughs> Busy on something else. Yeah, this is very off-putting. Yeah, it is. Um, here is the shadow insect. Sounds like something is creepy crawling. Yeah, it Closer is. to you. Here it comes, run! There's always, like, those weird little insecty dudes that you're fighting anyways. Now the battle has begun. Shadow Insect is probably a large spider, but it's been a long time since I've played this game. I like that beat in the background. It's almost like a heartbeat. Yeah. Boom. boom. That's right. Yeah, there's like that under, like, boom, boom. Oh, let's go on. Legend of Hyrule. You wouldn't expect to be so spooky, but... This song pops up in several Zelda games, and it it is just... I, I think it may be the chanting-type voice they use. Uh, I wouldn't say it's cheerful. Right, yeah. 
holding up to something. I feel like some of those, like some of these songs that, for at least for Twilight Princess, are kind of like little sound clips of a like an area that you're passing through. Yeah. There's not a whole lot to it other than something to just add to the theme of what's going on. This is light and darkness, which is sort of the theme for the whole game. Right. I think it's that uh, crink, uh, the bone clinking sound that's happening in the background that makes it creepy. Oh yeah, it's like the the bones from Mario like, falling apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, now that it's coming to like the forefront, that mm-hmm. is absolutely creepy. The whole vibe has changed. Oh yeah, for sure. Maybe it's moving from the. It's almost like it was moving from the light side to the dark side, and it got creepier. Yeah, as it's gone. Yeah. Now it just feels like this. That sound that used to be like the falling apart, like bones. People, mm-hmm. it sounds a lot like wooden wind chime wind is blowing through like rapidly alright let's go on Uh, this is the after battle with Zant it's one of the main bad guys of the game yeah you would think that it would be like joyous. But it's like, oh shit, there's more danger. <laughs> um, and this is without me playing Twilight Princess, yeah. so. It is definitely unsettling. It doesn't sound like an after battle, it definitely sounds like uh, you're creeping up to something at this point. But I do like the bells. We've got on the Skyward Sword. Rahim's theme. You tell a difference between the GameCube and the Wii. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Grahim is whatever, however you pronounce it. He's the bad guy in that game. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Hajime Wakai, uh, Shiho Fuji, Mahito Yokata, and Takshi Hama as the composers for this OST. Yeah, I definitely feel like creepy vibes yeah. like, from this. Like when you when you meet him and when he's talking, you hear this, you're like, oh god, like Yeah, that dude's creepy. He's got a creepy face and whole yeah. vibe. 
And then one more song from Skyward. Guardians Awakening. Awakening. Which I wonder if that's in relation to our guardians from Breath of the Wild. You have to see him. That piano. Yeah. Some, like someone's uh, hammering, like hammering something. Yeah. Blacksmith. <laughs> Forming the sword. This is where the sword is created for the first time in this game. The Skyward Sword is the first of in the timeline. Yeah, there's aspects of the song that's creepy. Overall, there's yeah, it kind of goes in and out. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Get some Breath of the Wild songs to close us out. First up, we've got Kilton's Shop. Oh, he's like that monster guy. Yep. He's into monster parts. Unfortunately, I didn't play with a lot of Breath of the Wild with my sound. I was on the handheld and I was doing things, so I always yeah. had to sound off. It does have it. some good music in the game, for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the music, we have uh, Menaka Kata... Katoka, uh, Yasokai Iwata, and the Hajime Wakai, who did Skyward Sword as the directors here. Those are all familiar names. Definitely I'm had sure them on. they've come up. You don't put newbies on a game like this. Yeah. Um, and we plan on doing a Breath of the Wild whole episode. Eventually, we sh- we were supposed to do it when we did the Drink and Geek Out episode, but just yeah. didn't happen. And we'll have Keith on that episode as well, because he's more into the music. Mm-hmm. Since Dustin said he had his sound off. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, so, uh, Iwata, uh, Mario Kart 8. Uh, Super Mario 3D World, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Ultimate, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and the Age of Calamity. This is Animal Master. I switched songs and it didn't really change too much. Yeah, it's still creepy. It is. I'm not really placing this one. Again, I didn't listen to this. (laughs) Yeah, I don't. It doesn't sound familiar. Like the title of it. Where dare you master animals? Definitely doesn't feel like an area that I should be. (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't want to spend a lot of time there. There's that hammer sound. But just like a hitting a... Like a a bell, almost. (laughs) 
Like a lot of the music gets understated. It's kind of just there to provide a vibe, but not like real, like a song mm-hmm. you would listen to on its own. Right. Uh, then we have the corrupted dragon, which I do remember that part of the game. You gotta fly around and shoot all the little weird eyeballs off of it. He's corrupted by Calamity Ganon's weird pink bullcrap. <laughs> I don't think I did this. <laughs> it wasn't part of the main quest line, right? No, no, it was part of the main quest. It was one of the shrines. Oh, yeah. I did all the shrines. Hmm. He's like up in that um, Superman fortress of solitude area where it's like the big crystal things oh. and then he, he flies around that area and you gotta follow him around and shoot all the weird oh that's eyeball right yeah things. you shoot the eyeball things off of him and then he opens up the shrine mm-hmm. you just walk in and just pick up the chest or yeah whatever. but you didn't have the music on so you didn't sound familiar I again I didn't really listen to the music <laughs> The Omen of the Bloody Moon. I did do this one. I do know this one, yeah. It played a lot. Because every time it did like a shift of the time. Mm -hmm. Had to wait for the Blood Moon for one of the fucking shrines to work. Mm -hmm. So I sat there with the fire uh, just sleeping all the time. (laughs) Yep. It's a short one, but it, it definitely is creepy. I mean, it has the word omen in the name. And then I've got one more, which is just weird. It's called Frong Song of Souls from Link's Awakening. I like it. Good way to end it. <laughs> That's why I saved it for the end, because I just it's fun, but it's just weird and kind of creepy. That's it. Nice. <laughs> Unless we want to keep it playing. It's starting over. Let's do the plugs. Absolutely. You can find us on every social media platform there is. Not exactly. All right, so we have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find us even on TikTok. We have one video. We should probably make more. At Drinkin' Geek Out. Geek Out, you say? This is Geek OST. Are you guys stupid or something? No, you guys are stupid or something. We're all under the same umbrella. Drinking Geek Out. We didn't want to create socials for everything, so we're just at Drinkin' Geek Out. Speaking of which, we have a website, drinkingeekout.com. We have a blog. We have an SRM. We have IBUs on there. We also have all the podcast subscription links down the side. If you want to find us on any of the platforms, you can listen to us on Stitcher. You can find us on uh, Spotify. We don't have the Joe Rogan money, but we're on Spotify. Uh, But if you want to find a better place to listen to us, and you just found us like on Apple Play, and you're like, ah, fuck Apple, whatever. But you can find us in anywhere that you can find podcasts. You're listening to us, so you probably know where to find us, but... 
We like to say that anyways. We have a couple of t-shirt places you can get lovely swag from. Drinkingeekout.threadless.com or tpublic.com slash store slash drinkingeekout. A lot of our designs are on the Threadless store. We have a lot of them on the TeePublic, but we keep getting copyright strikes. So we kind of keep it very limited to ones that aren't going to burn us to the ground. Even though they're very original mm-hmm. ideas, Nintendo's like, ah, that's too close. Yeah, they're all... There aren't all podcast related. Some of them are just like beer or geeky beer related. So even if you don't want to represent the podcast, you can just represent your geek dumb or your fan of beer dumb. Absolutely. Uh, if you want anything specific to the drink in geek OST, you're going to have to look on Threadless uh, because I'm a fool and didn't save the design. So the only design is on Threadless, uh, which we have like a couple of them, I think two or three. Uh, if you want to support us, we'll give you a shout out on this podcast or on the main one. Just let us know which one you're actually uh, subscribing to is a patreon.com slash drink in geek out. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's that it. If you, yeah, if you actually want to stay up to tune with our socials, Instagram is the place to do that. We post everything to Instagram and it trickles down to Twitter occasionally and Facebook hardly, but we're still on there. If you're still listening and want to suggest a topic, that's an option on Patreon as well. So uh, either a topic for a music episode or a topic for the main episode, just sign up for the whatever $5 tier and we'll do it. So until next time, game over and out.